Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hartcastle. But Selfless is a series that I wanted to start at the first this year because uh, 2019 is a year where I believe we're going to be challenged to live beyond ourselves, to get outside of our comfort zone, to, to stop living the way the world lives. How does the world live? The world says everything is for you. It's all about you. It's all about what you want. The world is self-centered, self-absorbed, and flat out selfish, Right? The world is all about me, 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 the me movement, the me generation. It's all about what they want. But this, the, this series is all about shifting our minds from selfishness to selflessness. And our first week, we learned about being bold in our witness and sharing who Christ is. And the best way that we're bold in our witness is definitely about how we live and how we behave how we interact with culture and with the world. And so we learned our first week how we can surrender our life to Christ and be bold in our witness. Then our last week we learned about being faithful in service and about laying down our attitudes, laying down our agendas and serving Christ like he did the church. Next week, our last week will be being grateful in the grind. How many of you guys ever feel stressed out in life? Anybody ever feel stressed out? Four of you. Very good. Um, that for you four, this will be a great message for you. Everybody else, you can just come and listen. Um, but uh, this is going to be that, you know, when life really, the grind really happens and you really press in and you're really being stretched here and there and you feel like it's all compressing down, how do we walk through it? Being grateful in the grind is what we're going to learn about being selfless next week. Today is a great day for you to come to church. And you're going to find out why in just a little bit. Because today I want to talk about being selfless by extravagant Generosity. Turn to somebody and say generosity. So turn to someone else and say extravagant. I love that word extravagant. You guys turn to anybody. <laughs> extravagant generosity. Uh, I read an article. This article said that um, science has proven that we are selfish. I don't know about you, but I need science to tell me that human beings are selfish. Just go to a mall. Just look what we came through at Christmas time, right? You get your kid this gift, and it wasn't just right. Um, take a two-year-old. You never have to teach a two-year-old how to be selfish. They just know it, don't they? It's mine. That's mine. That's mine. And so... Uh, so many different ways that people are selfish. Statistically, men are more selfish than women. Statistically, um, men tend to be more about that uh, that that survival mode uh, because they're more about survival mode. They're more about them surviving, whereas the women are more about helping others survive. 
more of a nurturing kind of mindset until it comes to chocolate. Then not so much. Women are definitely more nurturing. I, I think it's I think, gentlemen, we can just I mean, there's there's exceptions to the rules. But for the most part, you'll find that 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 women tend to be more generous, more giving, more self-sacrificing, whereas guys, not so much. But either way, all of us fall in the same category. And that is this. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Stand your feet as we read it today. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. It says it this way. Jesus was teaching his disciples. And remember, they're living in a culture that's self-absorbed. They're living in a culture that's selfish. They're living in a culture that's all about me, all about their ambitions, all about what they want to do. And Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him. Follow Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, help us to learn today what it means to be selfless. Help us to not be self-absorbed or self-centered, but help us to recognize that because you are selfless and because God is selfless, you call us to be selfless, to give our best, to give our first so that God, you may bless the rest in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. I believe God calls us. To extravagant generosity, irrational giving. I believe God calls us to be selfless in how we live our lives in such a way that people will look at you, turn their head sideways and say, I don't get it. How and why are you generous the way you are? Because, see, the world is all about what they want. The world is all about me, me, me. Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs 21, verse 26. It says, all day long, the lazy and selfish, what do they do all day long? They crave. They crave and they crave all day long. They crave for something else. But the righteous give and do not hold anything back. Even though our culture today says it's all about me, we are going to lead the way and being irrational in our generosity. Doesn't make sense. Cross you as a church. We believe that not just since I've been the pastor, but for many years before I was ever here, this church has always been a church of irrational and extravagant generosity. They've always been known as a church that was very giving and very, very um, hospitable to people in need and always reached out to help anyone in need. And I believe that God is going to challenge us individually to do the same, that we are called and we are, I, I would say we are, we have no choice. We have no option but to respond the way God responds with irrational generosity and giving. Giving of our time, giving of our talents, and giving of our treasures or our money that is in our lives. Now, some of you are sitting here and say, oh boy, I picked the wrong Sunday to come to church. Why would I pick this Sunday to come to church? I believe that if you open up your hearts today, you will hear some incredible truths about what generosity is and how generosity can affect your life. Because there is a direct return. There's not a partial return. There is a direct return. When we are generous with what God has blessed us with, God 
will bless us with more, not for us to have more, but for us to do more, give more, send more because of extravagant generosity. So I want to talk about three different mindsets that the world has and that creeps its way into this church. Three different mindsets that all of us struggle with. The first one is this. It's called the bag mindset. Everybody say bag. Bag mindset. The bag mindset believes there is never enough. There's never enough because all I have is what's in this little bag. And if this is all I have, I can't give any of it away because if I give it away, I won't have enough for me. So the bag mentality says there's never enough. These are the ones that they believe security lies in the bag. Their security lies in what they've stored, what they stored up in the bag. So there's never enough. Haggai chapter one, verse six. That's right. I said Haggai. We never really read from Haggai, but we're going to today. Haggai is a great book uh, talking about the children of Israel. And here's what their problem was. Let me tell you what the problem was. They had a bag mentality. They believed that they only they never had enough. So they lived with a poverty mindset. They lived with this idea that I can't give because if I give, I won't have. And so they didn't put God first. They didn't trust God. So Haggai chapter six, he says this. He says, you eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You're clothe, you clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages. And what does he do? He puts it in a what? He puts it in a bag with holes in it. Here in Haggai, we see the children of Israel are given this, uh, they're given this opportunity to prove that God is their faith and trust, but instead they trust the bag to hold their resources. It's much like Americans. I think as general, as general rule of thumb, we as Americans trust the bag. We trust our jobs. We trust our bank accounts. We trust our investments. We trust our 401ks. We put a lot of trust in the bag. And then we always say, well, there's not enough to give any money back to God. There's never enough money because I don't have it because I only have so much that I can put in my bag. So what happens is we we get our paychecks and we pay the house. We pay the pay the mortgage and we pay the three cars that we have. We pay the motorcycle and the boat we only use six months out of the year. We pay for uh, we pay for the kids to have the best clothes. We we pay for our fancy, fancy cell phones and and we, we pay for all these things. We put all this money, but there's never enough to give any back to God because why? It's all gone. By the time I get there, it's all gone. There's never enough. Judas. Was a disciple of Jesus. You guys may know Judas because he he's the one that actually sold Jesus and and sold him out to the to the religious people of his day. And Judas is a as a villain we read throughout New Testament. But but Judas, before he ever did that, he was the keeper of the bag. He was the keeper of the money for all the disciples. But to Judas, it was never enough. So one night I'll tell the story one night there was this this. 
adulterous woman that that came and while the disciples were out eat, were around the table eating, she came in and and she broke this this alabaster bottle they call it. They broke this expensive perfume all over Jesus' feet, and she cleaned his feet with the the perfume in her hair. Now to know what this was, it's very symbolic. Um, this bottle would have been equivalent to one year's worth of wages in those days. And she broke it over Jesus' feet and, and, and thought nothing of that because she wanted to worship Christ. and be, She wanted to thank him for her life that he had given back to her. And Judas, the keeper of the bag, said, surely we could have done something better with that bottle of perfume. Because in Judas's mind, it was for him. It all came to him. And he was responsible to hold it all and hoard it all and keep it all for what he wanted to build. The bag mindset. The keeper of the bag. Why? Because if we put our, if we have a bag mindset, there's never enough. There's not enough to pay bills. There's not enough to, there's not enough to pay, uh, God, give God and return any tithe back to God. I, I ain't got it, God. I ain't, there's never enough. Trees don't grow, uh, money don't grow on trees. We're giving, but uh, we, we try to give, but I don't really have it right now. I can't do it right now. Rich get rich and the poor get poor. Bag mindset. There's not enough. Second mindset I want to talk to you about is the basket. Mindset. Turn your neighbor and say basket. The basket mindset. The basket mindset has this. They say there's enough. There's just enough. So the bag, the bag says there's not enough. The bag, the basket says, oh, there's enough. Yeah, there's enough there. We can we can do some good with this and we can do take care of ourselves. There's just enough. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse two says it this way. All these blessings will come to you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. The people of Haggai did not trust God enough. They believed in the bag mindset. But in verse 5 of Haggai, it says, Your basket and your needing, your needing through will be blessed. Luke says it this way. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says it this way. It says, uh, says give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together and Running over. I love this scripture. And this scripture, I mean, growing up in church, this was the offering scripture right here. If you give in good measure, you will find a great blessing. You will find it pressed down, shaken together and running over. Now get your wallets out. It's time to give. And while I heard that scripture my whole life, I really didn't understand what that scripture meant in context. You guys remember I've talked to you a lot about that whenever you read God's word and whenever Jesus told stories that oftentimes we read them and we we try to translate them into our time. But they they don't mean much to us. Like we don't really know what that means. If you be given, given uh, if you give, given good measure, it'd be pressed down, shaken together and running over. We don't know what that meant. But here's what the hearers would have heard. OK, let me give you a context for this verse. In those days, people who had owned land were wealthy, of course, and they had crops that they, they used to, to, uh, to sell at the market and make their money. 
But what the what the landowners would do is they would they would take all the crops out of the middle, but they would leave a couple of rows on the outer perimeter of their land. And what that was, that was their gift, their generosity to the poor and the needy and those who were in need. They allowed them to come and take whatever they wanted from what was left on the outer perimeter of their property. It was the generous thing to do. And so think about this. If I was living in those times, um, I wouldn't go and, and get, I mean, this is even a small basket. This is a small basket, but I wouldn't even go get a small basket and be like, hey, I'm going to go up and get some, get some wheat from the wealthy landowner that has left it for me. I'm going to go get some. I wouldn't just go get this if I was hungry and just grab this and bring it back. Would I? I don't know, but I wouldn't. I'm a man. I got to get as much as I can in one trip, right? Right? Carrying the groceries in. Every arm is full. You got them tied around your belt buckle. You know, you got a gallon of milk you're kicking as you go in the door. I mean, whatever it takes. You're like, I want one trip, you know? Um, I would have a huge basket. And I would take that basket and I would take it and I would fill it up. But I wouldn't just put it in there. I would shake it down. I would, I would get all the air out of it and I would press it down. Pack it down as much as I can. Because my responsibility was to take care of my family and to provide for them. It's like this. I'll, I'll bring it in our terms today. Self-serve pop machines. No, not, not talking about McDonald's. Not how you go to a convenience store. Or an icy machine, you know, a slushy machine. Or self-serve ice cream. Whenever you're doing it, what do you do? I mean, come on. You know you all do this too. You fill it up and you get there and you look around... And then you put it back under, you tap it off again. Come on now. You know, you get that icy machine, you get it in there and fill it up, and, you, and it's like brain freeze, but I got them. I got them this time. I got 30 cents more in that one. Press down, shaking together, running over. Here's one. Golden Corral, baby. If you're paying 15 bucks for a buffet, you better believe, unnotch the belt and get ready to let her go. Right? It's like you're I mean, you're you're full, but you aren't all the way full. You got to walk out of there almost crawling to make it feel like you did your best. My dad's one of my dad's buffet tips growing up. Now, my dad was a big man, so it's not a great tip, but it's what he told me. I, he did, I remember he took me to a buffet one time and I started eating and I drank. I, I was drinking. He said, oh, 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 son, slow down on the water. It takes up too much space. Thanks, dad. all his fault. <laughs> Press down, shaking together, running over. This, this analogy that, that's given is, is the way that God wants to bless you. Whenever you honor, when you're generous with your gifts, he wants to bless you. Why? Because, why, uh, because what you keep is all you have. But what you give, God multiplies. I'm going to say that again. What you what you have is all you have. But what you give, God multiplies it over and over and over again. A story in the Bible in the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm not going to read the story. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. But this story about Elijah, the prophet Elijah comes to a widow and her son. 
And he was traveling around and he was hungry and he came upon this house and the, the widow and her son, they didn't have anything. They were very poor people, very modest people. And the prophet came and they knew who he was and they knew he was this great man of God and they invited him in and, and he's spending time with them. And he says, hey, do you have something for me to eat? And the widow said to him, he said, she said, we have a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour that we're saving because I'm going to make it. And this is what it says in scripture. And she said, and when I make it, we're going to eat it and then we're going to die. This is the truth. This is the story that's in first Kings chapter 17. So here she is. She's holding on to a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour because she's just waiting to make it. So the day that after they eat it, they get to die. Not real positive thinking. And the prophet Elijah said to her, trust me, I need to eat. Will you please make me some meal? She, by faith, makes the meal. He eats it. The prophet moves on. The Bible says from that day on, her oil never ran dry and her flour never went empty. Because why? She believed, trust the man of God and watch God's provision. She believed in the basket. New Testament, we see a story in New Testament where... Um, 5,000 people are hungry, and it's probably over 5,000, because in those days they only counted the men. But over 5,000 people are, are listening to Jesus and learning of his truths, and they're hungry. Disciples say, hey, we can't send these people away. What do we do? And Jesus said, well, what do we got? They said, well, we got, you know, five loaves of bread and two fish. He said, that's plenty. Now, can you imagine just that dialogue and that interaction between Jesus and the disciples? I'm sure they're like, oh, he's lost it now. He has lost it. He must be malnourished and famished. Um, and so Jesus, through the miracle of, of God's provision, says that they provided and they fed the 5,000. It said there were 12 baskets still left at the end. Why? Because the basket mentality says there is enough. There's just enough to do what God wants to do. The bag mentality says, no, it's for me. I don't have enough. I can't give. I can't be generous. I can't do anything because it's all that I have. The basket mentality says, you know what, I'm going to press it down. I'm going to use every bit of it that I possibly can because God will give me just enough. Some of you live with this idea that you don't ever have enough and others of you live with it. Well, God will just give me enough. But I want to talk about the last mindset. Number three, it's called the barn. Obviously, I don't have a barn that I could have brought in here for you guys to lift it up and show you. But the barn mentality says this, there is way more than we ever will need. The bag, not enough, never enough. The basket, just enough. The barn says there's overflowing abundance more than what we could ever imagine or think. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Honor God. Return to God what is his and watch him overflow the abundance of your life. God wants to be first. God wants to be first. There was an old TV show that I used to watch growing up. It was PGF. Put God first. Turn your neighbor and say, put God first. PGF. Say that with me. PGF. Put God first. 
God wants to be first. Matthew 6 says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you. Put God first. So the first of the year, we did a 10 day prayer and fast. Dedicated 10 days of seeking God, honoring God, longing for God, asking God, crying out to God, trusting God, believing God to do great things. 10 day prayer and fast. The first of your days, uh, I encourage you, the first of your days should be uh, the first of your party day should be prayer and devotion and dedication back to God. The first of your week, you come to church and you worship and you put God first in your schedule throughout the week. First part of your pay, the first part of your income that comes in, you honor God by bringing 10%, the first part, back to God and saying, God, thank you for blessing me with what I have. Some of you may be here today and you say, well, do we tithe? Do we give off the gross? Do we give off the net? And I'll just say this to you. How blessed do you really want to be? Because you cannot outgive God. There is no restrictions that say you can only give 10%. In fact, I would encourage you to give beyond 10%. Because the 10% is just the beginning place. It's just the bare minimum that God is saying, give all that you can. There's an obscure scripture that I want to talk with you about that tells a little bit more about why God wants his best first. Here's, here it is. Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. It says it this way. It says, dedicate me the firstborn, the first offspring to be born of both humans, animals and humans. It belongs to me. Then verse 13, you jump down to it and it says this. It says, redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. <laughs> That's just like, what in the world are you talking about now, Pascal? You're crazy. What is this about breaking neck of a donkey? I don't know what's going on here. Here's what I want to say. In Jewish tradition, there were things known as clean animals and unclean animals. A lamb was a clean animal. A donkey was an unclean animal. Lambs throughout time have represented the sacrifice, have represented um, the fact that through a lamb sacrifice, we can have joy and we can have peace and we can have restoration with God. Donkeys represent unclean. Well, let's fast forward now. Jesus is born. And when Jesus is born, he is born clean. Y'all with me? He said it was a sinless life. Are y'all with me? Hello? Perfect, sinless life. He was born clean. He was not born of human descent. He did not have the seed of a man. He was the, the seed of God. And so he was clean. He was holy. He was righteous. He is known as the Lamb of God. God takes his best, the best that he has, his son, and he gives his lamb to redeem a bunch of unclean donkeys like us. What they would do is they would take that lamb and if they had a donkey, they would have to sacrifice a lamb to redeem the donkey to be clean. And God, because God is a giver, and because God is extravagant in his generosity, he sacrificed his best so that we could have eternal life. Why did God give? Because God gives his best. God expects us to give 
our best. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And what God gave is multiplied over and over and over again in our lives. What Jesus gave is multiplied over and over and over in life. Jesus gave his best. He gave his life to redeem us from sin. You say, well, what does that have to do with money? What does that have to do with tithing? It has to do, it doesn't have anything to do with that. My, my, my purpose today, my, my heart today is to tell you, give your best. Give your best in your time. Give your best in your talents and how you serve him. And give your best in your treasures. It takes faith to put God first in your money. It takes faith to put God first in your days, and your schedules. It takes faith to put trust in God in life. But I want to encourage you with this. The only place in Scripture that God ever said to testing was in the area of money. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, he says this about money. He says, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that 10%. Bring it in the storehouse. The storehouse is the church. That there may be food in my house. He says this, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of a blessing that there is not enough room to store it. The barn mentality says he has way more than I could ever imagine. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. I give a 90-day challenge. I've been talking about this for years. 90-day challenge goes like this. Test me and see that the Lord will not bless you beyond your imaginations. Honor God with the first 10% of your tithe. That you bring that in to God and you bring that in a storehouse and you honor him with it and watch that he will not do miracles. And so I give a 90-day challenge uh, that this, for 90 days that you commit, the first check you write is back to God. Not the last. Do not wait until you pay all your bills and then you pay your tithes to God. I'm encouraging you, those of you who are new to this faith, new to God, new to Christ, he loves you, trust him with your finances. You say, I don't know how he would do it. I, I can't make it. I can't make it on what I'm doing right now. And here's what I say all the time. God can do more with 90% than you can with 100. I have watched God in my own personal life do so much more with his 90% than what I could do with 100. And I've trusted him. Some of you here today, your first thing you need to do, you need this February to start tithing for the next 30 days, February, March, and April. Tithe and take 10% and say, I'm going to believe. Because here's what the challenge says. It goes like this. If you will do that, and at the end of the 90 days, if you don't see God's blessings, if you don't, I believe that God will do such a miracle in your life, like you're going to be like, I don't even know how I'm doing it. I have no idea. I'm not a CPA. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. You know why? Because the world's economy does not make sense in God's economy. Those of you who tithe, can you just preach with me a little bit here and say that's right, amen? I mean, can you help me out a little bit? I mean, I know a lot of you that your jobs that you have come through, that you barely made it. Uh, I, 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 want, I want you to give and be so extravagant in your generosity when it comes to money. Here's what I want. When you take your giving, the year in giving to your tax accountant, and you give it to them, I want them to say, what in the heck are you doing? How are you living? 
I want to be that extreme, that extravagant. I want them to be like, huh, I don't even know what to do with this. Extravagant in generosity. And if at the nine, end of 90 days, here's what it says. At the end of 90 days, if you don't feel and don't believe that God has blessed you and God has provided for you in supernatural ways, let me know. I'll give it back to you. Because I firmly believe God can do more with 90 than you can with 100. 90 day challenge. He can do more with 90 than you can with 100. The world says no, it's for you. The world says me, me, me. The world says give me the best, give me the first. But God says no, bring it to the storehouse. Let it be redemption in your life. Bag mentality, there's never enough. My, uh, basket mentality, there's just enough. Barn mentality, there's way more than I could ever imagine. Test me and see that I will not do this, says the Lord host. I will not throw up the floodgates of heaven and bless you beyond your imaginations. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, thank you that you are a faithful God. That you provide. That you, you do miracles in the area of finances this world has never ever known. God, it's, it's much like the founder of Hobby Lobby. Where he was, he was so moved. He was so moved by being a generous person that one day he made a pact with you, God. And he said, I hear your scripture say that I need to give 10% and you let me live on 90. But he prayed and he said, but God, if you will bless me, I will live on 10% and I will give 90 back to you. God, that, that founder of of Hobby Lobby was blessed every day in his life. And even to this day, we see it uh, whenever the insurance was going on. God, you provided a way for Hobby Lobby to stand strong, to prove that you're faithful. God, I know that there are those in this house today, they don't have much. But God, what little they have, may they honor you with it. There's others here today, they have a lot. And God, they're, they're storing it in their bags. They're storing it for the future. They're believing that their future lies in their retirement and their 401k. They're believing. And while, God, those things are not evil and those things are not bad, those things do not bring about the faith that we need in you. So I pray that, God, you will stir our hearts to be extravagant in our generosity. Irrational in our giving. Some are going to Take a 90-day challenge, God. I pray that they are encouraged by it. Others here today, God, are going to write a check for the first time today. Or they're going to, they're going to go online and set up the online. They're going to give today. And they're going to trust you that, God, you're going to bless them. Because give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over, God. More than enough. Head bowed and eyes closed. There's those here today. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a challenging scripture, a challenging message to preach, but one that's necessary for all of us. But you're here today, and and some of you today, you you're a follower of Christ, but you don't have the barn mindset. You haven't bought into the fact that God has more than you could ever imagine. And today you would say, "I'm ready." I'm ready to take a step. I'm ready to take a leap, a giant leap, and believe that God can provide. I want you to know He's ready for you. Testing. See that He won't do miracles. 
There's others of you here today, just hear me. Others of you here today who you're far from God. You're distant. Your life with Him is not lined up. Maybe you're here today and you've been doing it your own way. God wants your best today. Your best is you. Just like you are, surrendered and humbled before Him. With head bowed and eyes closed here today, you're here and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give Him all that I am. I need to give Him my best. Even though what I feel is my best really isn't nothing at all. I surrender to Him. Give Him my life. With your head bowed and eyes closed, can you just say that? Say, God, here I am. I give you my life. As messy as it is, as hopeless as I feel at times, here I am. Now, God, help us every day be challenged in how we approach the mindset of our lives. Help us to see the barn that it's filled to overflowing because there is nothing that you own that, God, you cannot bless your children with. I just pray that, Lord, you'll guide and direct us, encourage our hearts. You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m., and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.